What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Up Before You podcast with me, Connor Warman. This episode of the Up Before You podcast is brought to you by Ticket Weirdo. With concert and game season just around the corner, the timing is perfect for those of you listening who want to plan your summer events. We've teamed up with Ticket Weirdo to make buying tickets this season super affordable. What's great about Ticket Weirdo is they are the only ticket site that doesn't charge you hidden service fees and also donates a portion of your purchase to charity. Check them out by simply going to TicketWeirdo.com and typing in code UBY at checkout to save an extra 10% off unlimited ticket purchases throughout the year. Once again, that's UBY at checkout to save an extra 10% off your ticket purchases and to keep it weird this summer. Now guys, if you have a moment, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show and leave a 5-star rating and a review. It only takes a second and is a great way to support the show, and the feedback means a lot to me. If you like this episode of the podcast, please share with family and friends and share via social media and make sure to tag Up Before You. And lastly, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook and visit upbeforeyou.com to keep up to date with all the latest episodes, news, and updates surrounding the show. Okay, my guest today is Brooke Haas. Brooke is a CrossFit athlete and a quarter pound of the Ramwad meat squad who will be headed to the 2020 CrossFit Games later this year. Brooke loves CrossFit and competing almost as much as a good marg. I truly hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And with all that being said, let's get on with the show. All right, so Brooke, can we start a little bit and can you tell me a little bit about yourself growing up? Yeah, sure. Um, so I am from a small town in Minnesota called Zimbroda. Nobody has probably ever heard of it. Uh, it's kind of close to the Mayo Clinic, I guess is about all I could say. Um, I grew up with one older brother, uh, pretty classic, just like small school, grew up playing sports. I swam a lot when I was younger, not competitive, but just like was at the pool. That was like what me and my neighborhood friends always did. Um, so super active. And then once I had the opportunity to get into sports, uh, I did. Uh, I started off with, surprisingly enough, like cross country and track and some running stuff. Um, a little bit of soccer. I danced a lot as well when I was younger. Um, and then once I got into the later middle school years, I got into softball and basketball. Um, and then I played those throughout my high school career as well. Mainly softball was kind of my main sport, I would say in high school. Um, yeah, so that was kind of my younger, like high school year. No hockey? No hockey. I, like I said, I had a super, my graduating class was 99 people and we were the largest, um, class that graduated. So my school didn't have any of the fun stuffs. Some of the stuff, um, like Rochester, where the Mayo Clinic was, like lacrosse, hockey, um, gymnastics was really big there. And I wish I, like, had the ability to go to one of those schools because obviously it would have paid off, like, tenfold now being in CrossFit. But uh, plus hockey's also, like, a super awesome sport. I'm sure I would have loved it. Um, that and lacrosse probably would have been my sports if I had the opportunity to play them when I was in high school. Do people where you're from play broomball? Yes. um I didn't my brother did it was kind of like more so like the the boys sport I would say we had like our local fire department would like make our recreational parks into like ice skating rinks and stuff um none of them were great like none of them were leveled you'd hit a bump every other like stride through like (laughs) 
but I mean, it, it, it was fun. We did a lot of snowmobiling and like sledding and stuff like that, I guess. I also did a lot of snowboarding, I would say, throughout my high school um, time, too. Nothing crazy. We only really had hills, but... So then when did you get into rugby, and how did you get into rugby? Um, so I got into rugby. I played rugby down here in Florida. I moved to Florida in 2007, uh, and I started up by playing... I actually played intramural soccer for a while, Um just kind of like wanted something to do while I was down here other than the gym. Um, I was kind of like global gym at the time. Uh, and a couple of my personal trainers at my gym did the intramural league and they were like, Hey, you should come out. Like you said, you played soccer previously. So I went out, um, and (laughs) the guys told me I was a little too aggressive and rough. Um, I got a lot of red cards and yellow cards and stuff. So they were like, you know what you should do? There's a women's rugby league. And I was like, rugby, what's that? You know, like I knew what it was, but I was like, "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) Um, So I went and I mean, that was kind of the rest was history. Like I fell in love with it. Like just the community of the sport, I guess, is kind of like what really drew me to it. Like everyone there was like a big family and super welcoming. And then just like the sport itself was amazing. Um, I was like a mid center. So I was kind of like the running back. So I got a lot of time with the ball. Um, and like, I got to run quite a bit. It was just, it was a, it was a great time. I think if I was like in the scrum or anything like that, I don't think I would have liked it as much. Um, I liked running away from people. I didn't yeah. like touching people as much, <laughs> like try to catch me. Um, but yeah, so I did that. I like went to like all South tryouts and stuff like that. Um, a lot of traveling leagues. I, I mean, I went to pitch a tent. Um, I went to like summer seven stuff. I played all year round. Wow. Um, so it was, it, it was a big part of my life for a really long time. Now backing up a little bit, what brought you from Minnesota all the way down to Florida? <laughs> um, I was just dating someone and I growing up kind of knew that I didn't want to stay in Minnesota. A lot of people in my hometown kind of get married to someone from, you know, someone in the grade that we grew up with. They work at the local bank or farm or something like that. And then they kind of stick around forever. So I knew that wasn't really kind of what I wanted. So at the first opportunity, I was like, yeah, like, sure. Like, let's go somewhere else. Let's try it. Um, And I knew that like, whether it had been Florida, Cali, New York, something, I would have gone somewhere else. So Florida was just the first kind of place. And then I found a lot of things once I got down here um, that made me stay. So then how did you make the transition from rugby to CrossFit? Yeah. uh, So in 2013, I um, was playing a game and it was one of the final games of the season. And it was a big game for me, kind of doing some all South, like almost Olympic trial tryout type stuff. And it was probably the first five minutes of the game. And I pop kicked it over a couple players heads and passed them all. I was just going to drop kick it and score in for a try. And the ball, the ball um, made a weird bounce and I went to pivot and turn and tore my ACL completely. Uh, 
So that took me out for a while. Um, when I went to my doctor, he pretty much said like, you can either get the surgery and probably re-tear it again. Like you're, I mean, like if you're going to play rugby, you, you have higher chances obviously of either tearing the other one or re-tearing this one, or you could just get out of level three contact sports altogether. Um, I actually opted not to do the surgery. I was a personal trainer at the time. So I did um, physical therapy myself and kind of just rehabbed it, um, kind of knowing what I needed to do and got back pretty quickly. And in that interim time of me deciding whether I was going to go back to play rugby or not, uh, someone introduced the idea of CrossFit to me. They were like, hey, um, I know like you're kind of like in this weird phase. Like I was like, maybe I'll do like bodybuilding shows or maybe I'll, you know, like I was just, I needed something other than just being stagnant in a global gym and being a personal trainer. Um, but I needed the competitive aspect to it as well. And someone was like, I, there's this new gym that opened up probably 10 miles from here and it's called Blackfin CrossFit. Uh, have you heard of CrossFit? And I was like, I mean, I've heard of like the methodology and the training idea, you know, like the ideas behind it, but I've never gone and seen or anything like that. Um, and they're like, well, go try it out. Just like they do drop-ins. You can email them and just do that. So I emailed the guy and he was super friendly, very welcoming, nice. Um, and yeah, just kind of like what, how I walked into rugby. I walked into CrossFit and knew it was for me and didn't turn around. Mm -hmm. Now, as like a personal trainer outside of CrossFit, were you skeptical at all about CrossFit before starting it? Uh, I mean, I wasn't, I, I did without really knowing it. I trained a lot of my clients already very CrossFit-esque. Okay. Um, I, we didn't call it wads or metcons or mixed modal work or anything like that. Um, we didn't have names for workouts, um, but everything was done, you know, high intensity, full functionality. And, you know, I didn't do like, let's go to this machine. Let's go to this machine. Yeah. Um, I avoided the machines, honestly, for the most part, we had our own little area that we could train in. And a lot of it was functional fitness in general. We didn't do like kipping pull-ups or anything like that yet, or like kipping toes to bar. You didn't see anybody like doing handstand walks or anything yeah. like that. But we, you know, did do we did do some, some form of it, I guess I would say. So I walked in and I was like, I mean, like, let me just soak this all in and then I can make my own opinions from there. Yeah. Um, and from what I learned, I mean, and right after I joined, I was like, I, you know, I want to go get my level one. And, um, I did and just, yeah, no, it, it I never had a bad taste in my mouth for, about CrossFit. Obviously you'll see like the fail videos and whatnot, and they're still yeah. always going to be that, uh -huh. but that just adds to the entertainment of the yeah. sport. There's always going to be that. <laughs> Do you remember what the first CrossFit workout you did was? Yes, it was Kelly. Which one's It that? was terrible. It was, uh, Kelly is box jumps and running. Okay. Um, and I think pull-ups or kettle or wall balls. Yes. Wall balls. <laughs> box jumps and running and it was five rounds it was miserable it was absolutely yeah. terrible but i was like can i come to the i went to like the 10 a.m and i was like can i come back to the 4 30 and do it again i was like one of those crazy people yeah. <laughs> and he was like no nah, maybe maybe you should not and like i couldn't walk for a couple days just from like rebounding box jumps like i had never done that um but i did for a very long time do like double workouts I like would do the same workout, like come to 10 and then go to like four 30 and they'd be like, you're crazy. But I'm like, I want to beat my time. Like <laughs> I know I can do better. Um, I would say like my first six months of CrossFit, like I would either come in and do a double session or 
do the workout over again in some variation. Yeah. I was crazy. So like, <laughs> when you first started, did you know that it was like you could get competitive and do competitions and go to the games or did you not know about any of that? Uh, I mean, I, I had seen the games, um, and I had seen like what regionals and obviously like saw pictures of the girls and the guys that were like the main ones in the sport. And I was like, well, a muscle up, like, yeah, no. And like snatched what, uh, I don't even really know what a snatch. I was like, there's no way I'm like, it's going to take me, you know, how long have they been doing it for? I was like, they've been doing it for six years. That would mean by the time that I get it, they've been doing it twice. Like no way. Um, but I got fairly good pretty quickly. Um, and I was already strong just from like the background that I had with not only being in the global gym and kind of doing the functional fitness stuff, but I had somewhat of an engine too. Um, and I was a crazy person, obviously trying to do workouts twice a day. So had the mental factor. Um, and it kind of just all rolled into like a couple local competitions that I would do. And there were a few regional level girls that had been to the Southeast regional before that were from, uh, Jacksonville. And I remember just being in awe of them. Like, Oh, I'd, like, that'd be so great if I could like do what they do or, you know, get to that one year. And I remember doing a couple of competitions and I beat them in a couple workouts and was close to them on the other. So I was like, hmm. I might have a shot at this. Um, and then I just kind of like fueled the fire for me, I think. And I looked into better coaching and um, maybe going to other affiliates for better coaching and kind of just went and rolled from there. Yeah. So you said you started in 2013 and you made your first regional in 2014, right? I did. So that was pretty fast. So what was that? Yeah. Like, like, what was that like for you? That first regional experience? Uh, it was terrifying. Um, and it was very humbling. Like I was, I got in by the hair of my chin to that region, um, to that regional. And I had to redo workouts quite a few times to do it. And I still have videos on my phone of like me doing those workouts. And I like, Oh, I'm never in my life. Do I want to do that many open workout redos ever again? But, um, I was at CrossFit Jacks at the time, which is actually one of the first affiliates around, um, and Megan Russell and Chris Russell, both, um, level three coaches, great coaches. And they had a great, um, program for me and plan for me and, um, set me on my path. And I, I think we were all kind of surprised by it, but, um, got in and went and, it was, like I said, very humbling. The workouts were, there were strict handstand push-ups, a lot of them. There were muscle-ups. Uh, there were 10 legless rope climbs. Um, There's just a lot of stuff that I couldn't, like, I, I got my first legless rope climb at that regional. I got my first strict handstand push-up at that regional. Um, but, like, I got third I think in the hang snatch like yeah. so like my strength was my strength was fairly good um I think there was a handstand walk too and I got like three feet and it was a PR it was yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny um but there were some like give and takes um but it was a necessary uh learning experience for me I would say um like I said, just like very humbling. I ne I didn't go in there expecting anything. I was just as like ecstatic to be there. It was also held in Jacksonville that year, which was very cool. So I had a lot of local um, people come out and support me, which was really, really cool. Um, but it is always in the back of my mind, like, remember when? Um, yeah. 
So it, it definitely was a necessary evil, I yeah. would say, <laughs> that I had to forego and, and go through. So was that weird, like being in a big competition and like being like, oh, I've never done a legless rope climb before a strict handstand pushup? Yeah, I mean, I had people like Cassidy and Lauren Brooks and Emily Bridgers, like they were all cheering me on. I was like dangling at the top of the rope, like just touch it. Like, does yeah. this count? I'd like cheat a little and like put my foot or like my thigh on it and look at the judge. And they're just like, oh my God, like, yeah, you're cheating. <laughs> um, but I finally got one and the entire crowd went crazy and like they were surrounding me. So like, that in itself just solidified like, yes, you chose the right sport. You're failing and you're still getting praise for what you're, uh, what you've accomplished so far, you, you know, and what, you know, what's to come because obviously you're there for a reason. And I mean, it, it just, it solidified my reasoning to, to choose this sport. Um, but yeah, being in that type of venue was, was, is awesome. So then in the beginning, were you a full-time athlete or were you working? Outside. I wasn't. Yeah, I was still a personal trainer at the time. Um, I didn't switch to a full time athlete until 2015. Um, I actually went in and purchased an affiliate with a partner at the time uh, and became a coach full time owner um, and decided to make the choice to kind of just pursue CrossFit as a as a career as well. Um, and in 2015, I missed regionals by one spot. So I switched to being full in all I thought about all the time into, you know, and that year was CrossFit and that was it. Year, it was lead, my life. It took leading, hmm? up to the, leading up to that or after that? In 2015, the year leading up to that. So after I finished the 2014 regionals, I had made the decision to, uh, well, I was approached with the opportunity to go in and, and purchase an affiliate. Uh, and then I made the choice to go be a full-time athlete at the time. And then once regionals came around that year, I didn't qualify. I missed it by one spot. Mm -hmm. um, and I honestly think the reasoning for that was it was too much CrossFit. It was too much of being in the gym, all I did all day was CrossFit. I coached all day at home. You know, it was the business side of CrossFit. It was just like too much, I think. And like my mental health wasn't great. I was comparing myself to other people too much. And what, you know, why are you not getting better at this? Or why are these people so much better than you when all you do is CrossFit? Like you just, you know, it's some, it's mm -hmm. stuff that comes into your mind, I think. And you know, more training and more volume is not always the right answer. Uh, and that was, it took me that, you know, like not qualifying after expecting to qualify. It took me that um, to kind of sit down and say, all right, well, let me reevaluate and like, like find out, you know, what really are the building blocks of getting Brooke to, you know, the CrossFit games or back to regionals. So I reached out and went to a different coach at the time and went away, actually pulled out of um, the affiliate and kind of took myself out of place of being a coach full time and an affiliate owner and all of that. And went back to just like a normal kind of life and doing training and making the training aspect of it more fun and not much of not so much of a job um, in the 2016 and 2017 season. Uh, and we went 
as a team, um, I, like I said, I reached out to a, a coach, a local coach here and we went as a team in 2016, um, to regionals. We actually got, we were ranked seventh worldwide. Um, so we did very well in the open that year. And then we missed the games by one spot, uh, in 2016, 2017, I went individual again. I got third in my region, I believe just by behind Cassidy and Emily. Um, and then I ended up placing 15th, I think, at that regional. And then 2018, we went team again with that same same affiliate. So going back, that's an interesting point that you brought up, kind of the whole like getting stressed out from CrossFit. Because when you look and like you talk to most people, they'll tell you like more is better. And like you go on Instagram and like more seems better and everyone's doing more. Right. But that's interesting when you kind of stop and think like, maybe it's not good for me. Yeah. Do you kind of think you got Um, better by doing less? Yes. Um, I, I I guess the main thing for me was finding specifics to my training. So, all right, this Metcon or, you know, this, this piece that I'm about to do, what is the goal of it? Is it to do it as fast as possible? Is it to do X amount of sets unbroken? Is it to, you know, what, what was the reasoning for it? Um, the thing that I was lacking before was I was just like, all right, three, two, one, go like hurry up and get it done. That was just kind of like my idea. Like you're racing the clock. Now there's certain, you know, there's certain times for that when you're in a workout that's three minutes long or something like that. Like you can just press the go button and don't have to worry about anything. Um, but I didn't have like people doing, you know, like negative splits or, you know, like I didn't grow up like as a runner or a swimmer. So I didn't have that like ideology of like doing negative splits per round or watching the clock. Like I never even thought about watching the clock. It was just like, when you go and you're done, that's the time kind of. Um, so I think in that, and then finding like what days to do specific intensities on, um, intensity over volume is King, like always. And I tell people that all the time, whether they're brand new CrossFitters or they've been doing, and you'll hear this from, you know, Mm -hmm. anyone else too. Um, intensity is King. And if you can, if you can do that, then, you know, and when it's at the right time, uh, you'll find improvement in, in those specific systems. Uh, so I took back a lot of the volume that I was doing. Um, mainly I would say Metcon volume because I felt like that was going to be what got me. I was already kind of strong, um, and had relative, you know, relatively good strength numbers. So I, you know, it was just like, get faster, Mm -hmm. be able to do more gymnastics, like all of this. And I didn't really think about the reasoning or like the training methods of behind trying to get to, you know, unbroken sets or whatever of the gymnastics, um, or faster Metcon times. I didn't really think much about that, um, until I, you know, researched it a bit more and then had some knowledge from, you know, local coaches help me out with it too. Mm-hmm. So you said after that year, um, you kind of transitioned away from full-time CrossFit. What did that look like then? Like moving away from it, what did you do? Um, I went to just back to like some personal training, um, and then coach coaching some, um, but not as much to the aspect that I was before. 
Um, and then I wasn't an affiliate owner anymore. I pulled out of that affiliate and actually worked for a different one at the time where I was just treated as a coach and I wasn't expected to, you know, do all the business aspects of it or any of that behind it. So it allowed, you know, like I said, some freedom with that. And then it gave me more freedom to do, um, some training too. Mm -hmm. And then, so when you weren't doing CrossFit kind of like around it 24 seven, did you kind of notice right away you were getting better or like, was it just different? What was that like? Yeah. Um, I, I more so, I guess, realized a mental change, um, in my approach to training daily. Uh, I was a bit more fired up to be in the gym, um, attack my sessions with a bit more intensity. I wasn't worn down. I wasn't like, Oh, here we go. I have to go back to the gym again. Um, I was excited to step foot back in the gym again, um, because I had time to be away from it too. So, uh, I didn't really realize that I was getting physically better because I guess I, I didn't, I didn't really, after that, I didn't go into many competitions until a bit closer to the two. After 2015, I took some time away, like, all right, you need to like fix your stuff, Brooke. Yeah. <laughs> um, I took some time away from just like going to local competitions and all that even. Yeah. Um, so I guess really not until right before I decided to go team in 2016, I went to one competition and I beat the girl that um, from our region um, went to regionals multiple times and like, I like beat her pretty good. So I was like, all right, I guess it's working. Yeah. Well, that that's another so. good point too, is like, I feel like the person who's excited to train and excited to be at the gym will win every time. Absolutely. Like that's, yeah, that's absolutely. Definitely, yeah. That's definitely half or more of the battle. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're, if you're showing up and you hate it, then it's just going to negatively affect everything else you do. Right. Yeah. So then 2019, you make it to the games. How did, I did you, yes. how <laughs> did you, how, uh, what was your path to get there? Um, I qualified through the open. Um, I believe I'm not hundred percent sure what I got. I think I got like 15 or 16, something like that in the world. I was top 20 in the world. Um, and I qualified that way. Mm-hmm. So how did that feel in like kind of a crazy year where you kind of just wanted to qualify through the open and get it over with? Cause wasn't that like the first like sanctional year? It was. Yeah. So we pretty much were told that regionals and right after 2018, we, again missed the games by one spot for my team and that year we like thought we were 100% gonna go fortunately one of our athletes got injured we had to switch them out with another one whatever but we still thought we had a good shot um and it just that weekend didn't go that our way a couple of the workouts and we missed it uh, by one spot again so 2019 I said like I'm not gonna leave it up to the chance of going team again I feel like this year I could go to regionals, get a top spot and qualify that way. Like I just, everything was kind of aligning. I felt physically the best I'd ever felt strength wise. Um, I was PRing a lot of my gymnastics stuff. A lot of like previous workouts went, were going really well. I was also in a very happy place. Um, just with my CrossFit world, I guess I would say. So 
once that ball kind of dropped, I was like top 20 in the world. I was like, there's no way. Like I barely got 21st last year. And like now everyone's going to be trying so much harder. They're going to be redoing workouts. Um, I'm like, there's no way. Great. Like I'm just not an open athlete. I told myself that. So I already immediately had like negative thought in my mind. And I was like, oh, it's going to be like all these burpees and you're not good at burpees and it's going to be. And I just like took myself back away from it. I said, well, like this is the way it is. Like it is what it is. This Mm -hmm. is the cards that you're dealt. Either you can change and adapt or you can bitch about it and, um, you know, let this opportunity pass you by. And I remember going into 19.1 and I just walked in. I didn't really say much. I just said, I'm going to do the workout. I hope I only have to do it once. (laughs) And I went in and I crushed it. I only had to do it once, actually. Um, There were actually three workouts that year I only had to do once. A couple of them I had to do twice. Um, I actually, 2019, I got first in the world on one of the workouts and then it got, uh, I, uh, my judge miscounted a few of my double under reps. Um, so I got second, but, um, yeah, it was, it was just, it was a very good open for me. The workouts were very good for me. Um, and I ended up where I was and qualified for the games. So now you go to the games. What was that like going to the games? I guess. Yeah. Um, it was a life, like a, a dream come true. It was, everything that I thought it was going to be. Um, it obviously it was a little bit different with the amount of people there. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of the athletes were like coming up and want, you know, I don't, I'm like, I'm not, a, I'm not a big name or anything like that. And there were people that were like, Oh, we want to take pictures with you. It was like, okay, like, sure. Um, and then just like being back there and like being in the same heat as, you know, some of the, the people that I've watched on the games for a year, like I'll be there one day. Um, yeah you know, competing against them, like being in the same heat, it was great. Um, there was a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely like tried to play it cool, but I, there was, you know, I was stressed out for sure. And then not really knowing the workouts, like having seen the games prior to, and like seeing that the workouts had been released or something beforehand. Um, and this year there not being any, that made me really nervous too. Um, and I'm like, well, what if it's something I'm bad at, at that time there were only a few things that I was bad at not bad but like just not as good as most most crossfitters at that level at um and the first workout came out and legless rope climbs are one of those things and it was that workout and it is what it is and I did the workout made the first cut and you know at least got on to the second one so what did you think about that whole system did you like the cuts or no Um, I think they're necessary. I don't think, I think that people should have the opportunity to do more, um, to prove themselves. Yeah. Um, that first workout. Yeah. It was like just really high volume. Legos rope climbs for women, even for the top ones, obviously only having what they said, like five or six people finished. Mm -hmm. Um, so there was that like, and then a lot of the people, I don't feel like that traveled from so far deserved to just do 14 minutes of staring at a rope. Um, I think they deserve a bit more than that, whether that be 
any other test, like go for a 5k run into a max lift, whatever. I don't really care as long as they had more tests to prove. I don't think that it was a bad test. I think it was a great, well-rounded, true CrossFit workout. Um, I just think that they also need to test other areas before making the decision to cut specifics or cut people that much. The, the next cut uh, that I don't that like I don't think anyone agrees with is obviously the sprint. That was just <clears throat> they should have done twenty. You know, they should have kept twenty people and then maybe on Sunday gone down to 10 or something like that. But to be cut for not being able to sprint that fast, uh, it was not a good, yeah. not a good decision. Yeah. And I think 99.9% of everyone would agree with me. Yeah. <laughs> I, d- I definitely do think that the cuts went a little fast, but I mean, one thing about like cutting, it wasn't like just a sprint event though. Like there was like five events before that too, you know? Right. So like people like, oh, yeah. it was a sprint, but like, yeah, but there was like, they had opportunities before that too, I guess. Right. So they should have been higher, yes, placed higher and and all of that. And I mean, even watching like the, the latest documentaries and yeah. all of that, like my sled didn't push and like, no way Noah can push the sled yeah. <laughs> better than me. And, but like you would see them and they'd push it from high on the sled and dive right in. I'm like, well, you should know that, uh, yeah. <laughs> weight distrib- like, have you never done that before? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't like there, it is what it is at that point. I just think that, and, and I think it'll change this. Well, we'll see how the, this whole season plays out, but I think hear out that the, cuts will be less severe Mm -hmm. um and people will have more opportunities to gain points in those in those in like those middle stages where the points were so important yeah i just love dave castro was hilarious in that documentary and like on instagram he was so funny just going after everybody that was complaining about it and i thought it was so funny oh yeah (laughs) he doesn't care at all which like you you know he's gonna be like that um I mean, at the athlete dinner, he came over to us and like, we had, I think we had like Brent and Jacob Hepner and Haley and Mackenzie Flincham. And then we had, we had a couple like people, I think we only had two people that were um, like international people that were just kind of like starstruck sitting at our table. Yeah. Um, and he walked over and he said, Said, well, I think most of you guys will make it past, past the first cut. And this is <laughs> this was prior to the event being announced. And I was like, oh, great. Like, who's he looking at? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here with people like with Brent and Jacob and uh, like, okay, like, well, let's hope it's a good one then. And then, you know, he just likes to make those snarky, those snarky comments yeah. to get your gears yeah. turning, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good for like publicity, too. And like good for the sport brings it yeah it gets right people, it gets people um like to pay attention and stuff right so then after the games what was one of like your biggest takeaways i guess from that experience um so my first event unfortunately i got a little bit screwed in um i wish it would have been a better test for me because i i did work on legless rope climbs for a very long time and i should have placed better um how the event went it was you had these sections and there were four ropes per section um in the like and you had to stay like okay these are your four people this is your section you can go to any rope you want um but you have to be in this section 
So it's like first come first serve to the front ropes versus like these back ropes or whatever. And it started off with the run. So we all went out on the run and then we all come in masses of people. You find like your little section. You remember what your judges look like and kind of who is in your group and you run in and go to a rope. Well, I run into my section and all of the ropes were taken. So there were people on all the ropes and I'm like, well, I know I'm in the right section. Like, I remember you, I remember you, I remember you. So I like put my hands up and I ask one of the judges and well, he's like, hang on, I'm pounding this rope climb. And okay, so 30 seconds has gone by. And I'm like, well, what am I? So I start kind of walking around looking for a head judge or somebody to help me. Um, There was no one. Girl drops down and I'm like, hey, like, like, I don't have a rope. And he's like, uh... Raises his hand. Meanwhile, you know, everyone's still doing their rope climbs. So I have to wait for um, a girl in my section to do all four of her or all three of her legless rope climbs before I can even start mine. So I was 90 seconds to two minutes behind everyone already. Um, And I filed an appeal yeah, I know. <laughs> not how I wanted the game to start. No, um, I filed an appeal and was pretty much told, told like, sorry about your luck. We, you know, there was a lot of people out there. We couldn't really see much. They gave me twenty seconds. Well, in that workout, it really didn't do much. I uh, needed to get another whole run in and an, one more legless rope climb to kind of like put myself in where the contention really was. Um, which if I had had the time that I was supposed to, or been put where I was supposed to, I would have easily gotten that one or two more legless rope climbs, but it is what it is. And I could have, you know, said, all right, well, here comes the second workout. Let's attack it with everything you have. And I did, I did my very best in the second workout just wasn't enough to advance on into that third one after having such a deep cut on the first one. Yeah, that's kind of nonsense, though. Like, if that happens to Matt Frazier, like, it's, it's way right. different. Like, I just think that's yeah. ridiculous. But I yeah, it's it, it's tough. Um, It was their first year, yeah. volunteer judges. There were two head coaches out there with 100-something people on the floor, yeah. like, or 75 people because mm-hmm. it was two heats. Um. They just, yeah. And I'm not, you know, I'm not Tia and I'm not Katrin, so I don't have the camera on me 24-7, so they didn't have video of me doing this or anything. Um, I actually had video evidence um, (laughs) from someone in the stands that I had to use as my kind of, like, thing um, to even show them, like, no, I didn't have a rope to climb on. I wasn't just standing there. (laughs) Yeah. But um, hopefully they'll learn and adjust as they go and um you're gonna have that at any competition unfortunately and you hope it doesn't happen to you frequently yeah so then going ahead to 2020 you qualified individually through the open and then you went to ireland and you qualified on a team what are you planning yes. on doing i'm going team um i declined my individual invitation um i actually qualified Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I qualified through the open and then I think I got my invite right before we went to Ireland and I asked if I could just 
wait until Ireland was done. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of one of the goals of going to Ireland. A, it was first, so we could just like get it out of the way yeah. and have the longest time to just like not worry about qualifying. Um, and then B, so I could like tell them whether I was going to decline or accept my individual invites. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew from the get go, even like going through the open, um, that I was going to go team and that the goal this, that year was team. And it wasn't going to be through the same affiliate that it was going to be more so of kind of this super team yeah. that we had gone with in Paris, um, to the French throwdown in 2019 and placed second. Um, but I wasn't going to leave going to potentially five, six sanctionals and not qualifying yeah. up to chance and not do the games again. So I still attacked the 2020 open with, you know, the same, same mindset of 2019. Um, and it, you know, it was a, another great open for me. Yeah. How was the Ireland experience? How was that sanctional? It was wonderful. The judges, the venue, it was cold. It was very yeah. cold. Um, it was rainy. There was a few workouts that we wish weren't outside. Um, but the, I mean, the spectators, the fans, the venue, just everyone, the judges, the people that ran the competition, they were wonderful. Um, and I haven't done a lot of sanctionals, I guess I would say. So I've done Rogue, which was another great one. Always done Wadapalooza, which is, you know, a fun one. Um, we did the French throwdown, uh, and then Ireland and Ireland was top notch. It was great. I liked the workouts. Um, they were well programmed, especially for our team. We got, you know, some worm stuff. We got the gymnastic stuff that we wanted. <clears throat> the weekend didn't start out great cause there were some rope climbs in there. Yeah. Here we are again with the rope <laughs> climbs, but, um, it was a running rope climb and like try to get back and get some calories on the skier. And we got like 13th and we're like, well, shit, we're not qualifying for the games. Like, <laughs> oh man, we came all the way here. Like we did so well in the French throwdown. Like, oh man. And then the rest of the weekend, just first or second went really well for us. And we're like, all right, no, we're, we're okay. We just need to get better at rope climbs and running. <laughs> mm-hmm. So for you personally right now, how stressed would you be if you hadn't qualified for the games yet? And like, how much do you feel for competitors who haven't qualified, but we're going to go to like some of these spring sanctionals? Yeah. I mean, I would be, I would be sad. Um, that the opportunity, especially if you spent like a training block training for a specific sanctional and like building up to one and then it just, you know, kind of gets canceled. Um, but you're only going to be better. Like the thing is like, if you love the sport long enough, or if you love the sport enough, you're going to stay in it long enough. So like, it wasn't like your retirement year, peace out. Like I'm not coming back. Yeah. Um, we'll come back and the opportunity for you will, should be greater because you should be a better athlete. You've had more time to develop your skills you have more time to kind of plan out. I mean, I feel like with this year, like a lot of sanctionals were here and just like, all right, here's 30 sanctionals, like pick it. And if you have the money, go to one. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just kind of scrambled and were like, well, who's going to what, like, where could I qualify? I mean, it's more of that than like, where do I want to go? I think it's yeah. more of like, well, who's, who yeah. is going to this? Um, so I think people will, I think the open's going to be really tough 
uh, this next year because I think people will realize how important it is to try and qualify through that. I think you'll see some new upcomers um, really take advantage of that. And then I think you'll also see, obviously, like the same name people just kind of like, well, screw this sanctional thing. Like, I just want to secure my spot in the home, you know, in my home gym um, and be done with it. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, what do you think about going to Aromas to the ranch? Oh, I would love it. It would yeah. be such a dream. It would be so cool. The only thing I don't want to do is that little trail run. If I we could just tell Dave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's inevitable. I know. I I'm like, oh man, be. there's no hills in Florida. What do I do? Like, oh, <laughs> uh, like run up a stair climber with a ruck on for an hour. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, it would be, it would be really, really, it would be just, as a CrossFitter, like the a geek out moment, I think for a lot of us. Um, and I think it would be with no spectators or anything like that. Just kind of like old school, kinda old school. Kinda. Yeah. I think it would be, it would be cool. Yeah. Not that I didn't love Madison and like, obviously like the Alliant energy center and all of that, like people love that. Yeah. And it's so great for the sport to get it, you know, get the name out there. But I think, taking a year of like a reset uh, and like just going and doing our own thing would be great. So Brooke, I have one last thing for you. It's kind of a three parter though. One. Uh, okay. How much longer do you see yourself competing? I kind of play around with it. Um, and some of my teammates are like, man, this was like my, my retirement year, my send off year, like crap, like Christian and Dex, Dex just had a child. Christian's the old man in the group, but I'm not far behind him. Kelly's our young one. Um, and she's like got the fire under her ass every day. She's just all about it in it. Like she's, she's totally in it. And I just kind of go through my phases of like, I'm in it hundred percent fire. Like let's go. And then I'm like, mm, but it'd be nice to like drink margaritas on a beach, like somewhere yeah. and just chill and train for fun. Um, so I think, I mean, I don't think that the competitiveness in me will ever go away, obviously. Um, I'm 31 right now, so I'm going to probably hang on until the Masters um, and then kind of see where it goes from there. I, you know, life will hit me and I might take a few years off um, or like a year off and come back, but the Masters aren't too far off uh, for me if I want to come back as an individual. Um, but team for me right now, probably the next two to three years, I would say is where I'm at. And then last thing is what are some goals for the future? And then what do you want to do outside of CrossFit then when you're done? Um, so goals for the future with CrossFit, we would love nothing more, obviously to podium at the games this year. Um, I think we have a great team dynamic. I, love my teammates, um, friends, family, like they're, we're a close knit group. Uh, I was lucky to get in with them. And, um, I think that's one of the reasons why we had success. So on early, we all just really clicked and, um, we have a good, a very good cohesive team dynamic. Um, yeah, somebody has got to be rich. I, <laughs> I know. Right. Uh, I think there's a couple, couple teams that'll be vying for that spot, but <laughs> Um, yeah, we would love, we'd love to go to the games and just have a great, have a great weekend. Um, like just have training and have, you know, see, see all of the training that we've been doing come to fruition. Like, 
whether we're on the podium or not, obviously like that's the main goal, but like seeing that happen, um, would be, would be, would be great for us this year. And we could roll into obviously more from that, but just seeing like the holes filled and us working together as a team, you know, at such a high level would be great. Uh, and then for the future, you know, thereafter I'm, you know, I'm still a coach right now. Um, I do some nutritional stuff with people. Um, I I don't think I'll ever get out of being in a one-on-one physical training type aspect, you know, going from my personal training days to where I'm at now. Um, I think I'll still always stay somewhat involved in the CrossFit community, whether that's, you know, coaching or programming, doing nutritional stuff with them. Um, you know, even getting into like more of like CrossFit HQ type stuff. I just don't think I'll ever get out of that. So I think that's kind of like future wise for me. CrossFit for life. CrossFit for life. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Brooke, thanks a lot. And, um, where can people find you and learn more about you? Instagram is probably my best way. I would say of looking me up, uh, Brooke the hook on Instagram. Um, I try to keep my stuff fun and active, show pictures of my puppy, my training. Um, I like to cook and bake and do all these fun recipes too. So, well, Brooke, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for joining me today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And thank you everyone for listening. And I hope you enjoyed episode 117 of this show. We'll see you next time on the up before you podcast. Thank you and have a great day. 